Hey y'all, it's Chels. And C. Back with another episode of Double C. In the Triple D. Today we've got a couple to- topics we want to discuss. Um, kind of go over mental health. Uh, we're going to discuss her book. <laughs> uh, some pandemic adjustments that we've had to make and uh just a couple little funny posts that we saw on the internet as well um we can go ahead and start with mental health uh i'd like to talk about it just my anxiety i think it kind of goes with the pandemic as well um i obviously had anxiety before uh the pandemic hit but i i've seen it get a lot lot worse during the pandemic because i'm by myself all the time uh, have you experienced any heightened uh, mental health issues or anything since the pandemic? Um, I think, I don't think I have. I think initially I had anxiety when it came to um, my boyfriend and whether or not I was going to be able to be with him. But like, since I've been alone, I have been lovely. <laughs> <laughs> lovely. I just live my life every day. So basically the exact opposite opposite because i enjoyed working from home because i was able to do whatever i wanted to do all day every day literally like i didn't have to sit in front of a computer screen i didn't have to make calls all day i was doing whatever i wanted to do living my life i was fishing i was going to the mall i was doing everything you were still living like right like without interacting with other people yeah but you know i was still able to be outside a lot in nature and I really went fishing like every day for like three months. <laughs> I think if in the beginning, if I had a person like a boyfriend or somebody close that I could see uh, quite a bit at the beginning, I probably would have adjusted fine. Mm-hmm. But going from seeing people in the office, like I had a team of nine people. We saw each other every day. We worked together every day. And then I go home and it's me and my dog. And I'm literally just every day talking to my dog. My hours were horrible too when I first started. I would mm-hmm. work from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. So 7 p.m., everybody's already off work, been off work, doing happy hour, all that. I'm just getting off work, and I don't want to do anything. Like, it's, it, I don't know. It was really hard to adjust. Um, but I did come up with, like, a couple of things that did help me with my anxiety. It's, like, 555, like, finding five different things in the room that you can see. Like, so you find a painting, you find the TV, and it's basically just refocusing your brain. Um, and then like five things that you smell, five things that you hear. So if you hear the microwave going or you hear a bell or something, and then five things that you can do with your body. So I'm going to lift my arm. And it's literally just re, like refocusing your brain to get out of that anxious state. And it helps so much. Um, and I, I really hate being anxious. And I really hate taking medicine that they give me mm-hmm. uh, for anxiety. It, I feel like I just zonk out and go into like... I'm just, I just want to go to sleep. And obviously with me not being social without work and all that, it's, it just further puts me in a, it just, it's like a never ending circle, basically. Mm-hmm. Have you, have any of your students or anything experienced anything like that? Um, I think since going out for the pandemic, um, once we got sent home, a lot of their anxiety was from the unknown, not knowing what was going to happen day to day, not knowing when we were going back. Cause initially we thought we were just going to go home for two weeks and then come back so it was simple um but when a lot of them realized the two weeks had passed the month had passed and we had to find homeless shelters we literally had to beg friends families anyone to take them in so a lot of them just did not know how to adjust to having a you know trend basically transition in their life because they had just come there they have food three times a day they have snacks they have education they have somewhere to stay they have you know already put together activities and now 
you're going where you don't know where you're going to get your next dollar. You don't know where you're going to sleep. You don't know how you're going to do your schoolwork because you don't have computer, don't have internet. So it was it was a lot. They were calling every day, crying. They're you know having temper tantrums. We had a lot get locked up. We do. We have had a lot of them get locked up. We've had students pass away. Wow. We've had them get back into like being pimped out. And it was it's just crazy watching them. And it's hard for me you know to be there emotionally every day when I don't have my stuff together. I'm anxious every day. I don't know what's gonna happen. Um, so it's just it, this is a hard time for everyone. And I think that you just need to find your circle of people that you can really lean on and really trust to take those steps with you through life. Like a lot of African-American people don't even talk about their mental health issues. They don't Mm -hmm. talk about the fact they have anxiety, depression, and so nobody can help you. Nobody can be there. They think you're just a homebody when really you just don't know how to be socially accepted. You don't know how to deal with your own mental health. So you choose to isolate yourself. So just make sure you check on your family, your friends, be there. This is a hard time. And appreciate those who are still by your side. I think a lot of it has to do with the pressure too. Like everyone has developed a business now. Everybody's and then the whole mantra now on social media is if you haven't if you didn't take the pandemic and develop this, then you, what were you doing? And it's mm-hmm. like I was surviving. I literally was just trying to figure out where my next meal was going to come from, what I was going to do, how I was going to adjust. Like, I was literally just surviving. So it's okay. And it's okay to just survive. You don't have to have a business that came from it. You don't have to be uber successful. Like, the, the millionaires and the billionaires that made so much are literally living off the backs of us that are working hard every day. And it's okay to just work hard and survive, and survive basically. Um, I, I felt a lot of pressure uh, at work going home. Like once I was at I was at the office and I had a set amount of what I needed to do every day. It was pretty much what was expected of me. But as soon as we went home, it's like they assumed we had more time or just like my hours were still the same. The amount of work that I could get done in a day was still the same. But for some reason, they wanted us to do 10,000 more things. And I honestly had to tell my boss, like, I I mean, I ended up quitting the job that I had in August and we went home in March um, because it was a constant every week. We had meetings on Tuesdays and Thursdays and every time he had something new that we needed to do. And I brought it up in the meetings. I was like, how much more are you going to add on the plate? Because at some, my plate is full. I literally cannot add anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm full. My plate is full. What else are we going to do here? Right. And I think the pressure and all that was, it was just, it's just too much. That's literally why I quit my job. It's crazy because literally what she's speaking on is my job. Every day they have a new task. Every week they have a new report. And it's just like, dude, where are we getting this time, energy, money, all this stuff from? Because it's crazy. We're in a pandemic. People are struggling. So why are you adding more? Right. Why? And I've tried to explain this time and time and time again to management. Like, the students are suffering. Your staff are suffering. Money is, like, low everywhere. Job, everything. It's not just the people that you serve. It's the servers as well. Mm-hmm. And I think people don't you know, understand that. We're all going through the same exact thing nobody's out here independently going through a pandemic 
and we all have so many outside things outside of work we have so much going on so adding more onto my workplace it's just i'm not doing it i'm not taking it <laughs> i'm not allowing it like you already given me a lot and frankly the job that i had i didn't feel like i got paid enough for you if you're going to keep adding to my job title you need to add to them coins as well oh, right and that wasn't happening and i asked for a raise and I got told excuses after excuses. After, and even though I was the best and I was always performing the best with my percentages and everything, you tell every meeting, it just was, I was over it. And so, you know, sometimes you just, <laughs> the pressure just makes you quit. But I will tell you, I have been so happy since I quit. And I guess mm-hmm. maybe it was the job that caused more of my anxiety than anything. Right. But, you know, take care of your chickens, as what Marshawn Lynch said. <laughs> Do not drive yourself crazy At for all. a job. Mm-mm. A job is a job is a job is a job. <laughs> like just like you're replaceable, they're replaceable. Yep. You quit tomorrow, they're gonna have an interview the next day. You pass away tomorrow, they're gonna have an interview the next day. It keeps going, so you gotta keep your life evolving too. They don't Period. care. They <laughs> One don't bit. Care. Literally, we have had employees pass away during this time from the coronavirus, and no mention. One of the ladies at my job, who's, who's, I'm sorry, not husband, her brother worked at the job. So when he passed away, she had to tell everybody. She sent an a email to everyone. Not management, not the director, not the, like, she had wow. to send that about her brother to other staff because they were inquiring about him. And your job didn't physically say anything. It's all you. because you're trying to be sneaky about the numbers as far as our statistics mm-hmm. and where it is with the coronavirus. Because you want people to come back. But me being me, I wrote emails. Okay? I wrote emails. And I made sure they wrote emails so that we can be protected. Because who's going to look out for you if you don't look out for yourself? That part. I'm sorry. Like, I sent emails. I told them to send emails. And we were going to stay home. Because we ain't going back there. (laughs) But we back now. I think there's a, a, a big difference, too, in all parts of America on how people are dealing with the pandemic. Because, like... If you go to Atlanta, if you go to Houston, what pandemic? I mean, Dallas, too. Yeah, yeah. We are here the same. You're right, yeah. I mean, like, they tell you you got to wear a mask to get into the club, but literally as soon as you cross the threshold, you take your mask off. So I don't really – I never understood the point of actually wearing it in the first place. Maybe because people were outside and, you know, you have to be seen wearing a mask going in, but – um, there's cities like that, and then if you go to LA, they just lifted their stay-at-home order. But well, I just was visiting, visiting my sister. You can't eat out anywhere. You can barely go into any place, and if you do, they're very strict about how many people they allow in. And I, I wasn't used to it because, of course, we don't have that here at all. But what's crazy is their numbers are still higher. Yeah, and it's just like it, I don't know. It makes me think like all the people who are going out every day. Chilling, living their best life, they're not sick. But the people who've been at home, quote unquote, all day, every day, by themselves, no interaction, are sick. And I don't get it. Like, literally. It's a mystery. I don't. I really don't get it. Somebody's bringing it in. Right. Something's happening. And I mean, grocery stores. That's know, different places like that. I think that's where it's really being passed the most. And when I was out there, that it was like Whole Foods, like Trader Joe's, and all that. That's where they had the big outbreaks. Those were the places where mm-hmm. it was. If you that was a contact tracing, like if you had it and you figure out where you've been, most of those people had been at like the grocery stores. So it was like, shoot, I'm going to order my stuff, order online, have y'all deliver it. I'm gonna let it sit there, spray down the bags with Lysol, and just let everything sit. But then when you think about it, like the 
produce mm-hmm. and the seafood and the chickens and stuff. It's still all out. Yeah. Like, who's touched that broccoli before I get to grab it? I guess I uh, use the peppers. Have the frozen, the, every, I guess? I don't no, know. but then frozen is technically not the best choice in yeah. general. But it's the best choice, I guess, if you're trying to avoid things that people could physically touch. Like, you know. Is coronavirus freezable? Because somebody even touched it. The bag? The the actual somebody yeah. had to pack it. Yeah, I <laughs> like I was like, why is it reasonable? Because now <laughs> they're saying but we that. buy groceries all the time and we've been fine out here. But yeah. you know, I don't know. I have no but idea how it happens. Been, you know, yeah. Just, we've been lucky. We've been very lucky that we have. But I honestly feel like I've been sick because in January, like towards the end of January, we had a team um, birthday party, and literally the next week we all were sick for like literally like a week and a half mm-hmm. everybody was sick sick and then like three weeks later we ended up going home for that so i really feel like i didn't had it and during the time they were actually talking about it i just did a meeting and i, I <laughs> in november of 2019 so before like right when it was in china when it yeah, was when before it, was, it got here I was sick like that for a good two weeks and I went to the doctor twice and they said that you just got an upper respiratory infection Mm -hmm. but because they didn't have any data I think on the actual coronavirus and what to look for I got a chest x-ray I got everything I really think I probably had it too because I I couldn't I didn't feel good and it wasn't like strep throat it wasn't like a normal it was way worse than the flu way worse than a cold and I was just on the couch for like two weeks and couldn't figure out what was wrong with me had no energy whatever so I think we probably, already we probably had, had it, had it. Now, yeah honestly yeah. and we had like so many students going out for the flu mm-hmm. it was like back to back to back to where like our wellness department was so full and i feel like they all had it mm-hmm. definitely <laughs> but <laughs> y'all so i hope you post this and let them know that i do have allergies and shit so all that sniffling in the camera is me i'm sorry <laughs> she said it's me <laughs> <laughs> Did you not hear this? <laughs> I can't help it. Man. I'm congested as hell. Like, and it's not no corona. <clears throat> this is literally yearly. I have seasonal allergies. I have asthma. My sinuses. I'm supposed to go to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, but I've been avoiding that for like eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, you're gonna go. years. You're literally gonna go, and they're gonna fix it. You can be like, damn. They literally be like, I don't know how you're breathing. Like, it's so bad. <laughs> You've been living like that for 10 years, and then you're going to feel Girl, literally like a whole, years. It ain't never. Whole relief. When I was younger, my brothers used to always call me Rudolph because my nose stayed red. Not stayed. Mm-hmm. Shut your nose up! <laughs> Cece, shut your nose up! From the bedroom, I would be in the bathroom like 3 in the morning, 4 in the morning, 5 in the morning, 6 in the morning. Making all types of noise. <laughs> Like, bro, what is wrong with me? I used to ask my parents, why is my nose always like this? I'm in class embarrassed. <laughs> Okay, I gotta get up every five minutes to wipe my nose. <laughs> okay, but wait. Uh, the mask be doing that too. Oh, when I wear the mask, my nose runs so freaking bad. I be like, trying to be, breathe. I be trying to pull. I have to pull the mask yeah. out like every time I take a breath so, because if not, I'm like sucking in. The I mask swear. is like stuck to my face. Yeah. Horrible. Girl, we was outside doing a walk today. They made us do a walk around just at work just to get active. So we're going against the wind. Girl, the mask on my face, <laughs> sucking it in, air coming through the, I'm like, oh, I can't breathe, I can't breathe. I fall out, y'all gonna have to call them post to come get me. 
I did a wine hike when I was in LA and we had to wear masks because obviously we didn't know everybody on yeah. Girl, <laughs> you were running Canyon mm-hmm. and hiking up like literally straight up, yeah, like not with. with the fucking mask on. I, me and my sister looked at each other and said, no, we're going to be in the back. Out. No, we said we're going to get in the back and we're going to walk real slow and take our time because y'all not going to rush me up this hill so I can pass out. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen if I go too fast. <clears throat> um, so if any of you all do not know, I do have a book that will be released February 13th. It is called Sis Claim Yours. Um, it's written by me, obviously a woman, two other women. Um, just kind of a motivational, self-help, um, encouraging book. Um, I go through some of the struggles that I've been through within my life, within my adulthood. Um, and then it kind of transi- transitions to um, excuses that we like to make um, for ourselves. We like to... Um, listen to others make excuses for us with us and it just talks about cutting out all of that and skipping to um, walking in your truth walking in your purpose um, manifesting um, praying and leaning on other women and their path to kind of push you forward to motivate you versus um, always competing women always hate each other versus just coming together and being strong um and it does have some, you know, some prayers that I dedicated to the women who do have businesses or did do pinky promises um, within the book. I just wanted to give them some positive words. Um, it has different business plan um, templates that you can go through. It has a journal in the back that you can write. Um, I just want y'all to, I just want women to be uplifted. I want us to uplift each other. I'm, you know, I'm getting real animated because I'm passionate <laughs> about this, but um, I'm just all for women making moves and doing so together where can i get this book at um so i it can be purchased on amazon it can be purchased through lulu um i'm going to drop the link on like i said february 13th for different places that it can be purchased we're working on getting it in the bookstore um you're gonna drop the link on your page on your instagram on my yes on my instagram which, which is, is at my name is charlicia um, and then my business page at Norish, N-O-U-R-I-S-H dot brand. Um, but yeah, so, and I also have another book, Never Been Enough. I released it in 2019. You all can go and purchase that book as well, Lulu, Amazon. Um, make sure y'all go look at those links. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so this Justin L.A. boy, he, how many times has he posted something that we have related to and <laughs> laughed at? I feel like every time I, I had to literally unfollow this because it was post after post after post, but every single one of them I would sc- I'd be screenshotting. My phone would be full of the screenshots. I'd be wanting to send to you all day every day, but I'd be like, I'm gonna get on Chelsea's nerve. I love it though; they're funny and they're true. I've, to me, I think they're true. All of them make sense. What post did so you see? So today he posted one, and it said, "Hold on, I'm going to quote." Y'all bear with me. I'm pulling him up. Oh, it says some of you men, I'm going to say men, are just effable too. Y'all are not husband material. Alluding to the fact that y'all try to say that women are just a F or just something quick. When y'all don't realize maybe she sees you that way too. Maybe you're just a one-nighter. Maybe you're just a sometimer, but you're not her husband. She knows that. She just needs some. 
consistent. Maybe and or easy. Maybe she need to get her groove back. Right. She ain't looking to be no long term, no nothing. She's just trying to get that little groove back. And you are the easiest. Y'all easy too. Very. Oh, <laughs> listen. Women, women fuck who they want. Men fuck who they can. Who they can. Okay. Meaning we are allowing. No, but um, seriously, I feel like a lot of men don't understand that women a lot of times we think the same way that you all do we just don't say it we don't verbalize it we don't make it known to the public we don't tell i mean we do tell our close friends the same stuff that y'all talk about we talk about Mm -hmm. probably more (laughs) i promise we're going to tell everything to our friends so don't think that y'all are playing us all the time a lot of times you're either being played or we're just playing with you we know what's going on but we're just allowing it to happen so we can get what we want in too right and I even talked about cheating with one of my homeboys the other day. He was just like, you know, a man can cry and she always gonna fall for it. A man can blah, blah. I'm like, women, we don't be falling for none of that. No. We gonna take you back if we want to take you back, but it has nothing to do with the theatrics <laughs> or believing you. We're still not gonna believe you, but if we choose to take you back, that's just us being dumb on our own. We know. Yeah. Like, dude, don't ever think your little fake tears are working. Don't ever think she think you really sad. Because she going to go, girl, he was always crying. Fake. <laughs> we knew it. And we're going to sit there and laugh with our homegirls about you. Because you just there was crying. And you'll mm-hmm. never, you're never living it down because you cried in front of me. I'm telling you right now. Never. Well, so see, for me, if it was honest and genuine, I don't yeah. have a problem with a man crying. I, I'm not that woman that's going to say, man, But you can tell when it's on you. You can but tell when it's on you. you're doing it strictly, yeah. If you're doing it strictly to try to get me or keep me or whatever, then, sir, we tired of your games. Bye, sis. That's what I'm going to say to you. <laughs> I'm going to say, bye, sis. You are over here crying and you know good and well. Because your tactic is off. Your yeah. tactic is real girly. Like, sir. Can't get with it. Just be a man and say I did what I did You either gonna accept me or not So <laughs> I heard these people talking And they said that When people When men cheat Or let's not even put it on men Let's just say when someone cheats in a relationship The person that cheated Is not completely at fault They were trying to say that There was a, an environment That the person that got cheated on Created that caused the person to cheat i wholeheartedly disagree because whatever environment say i'm in a relationship and the dude cheats on me whatever environment i created if you can't talk to me about that environment to allow me to change it or to fix it or whatever and you just go out and say well i'm gonna go over here i'm not at fault for that because i don't think that's i i didn't tell you to go out and do that i didn't tell you to go put, do something else with somebody else what do you think i think i agree with you initially but I think that where it took my mind was the continuous cheating. So if you cheat that one time and that, you know, we talk about it, we figured out, you say you forgive me. After that, I don't want to hear nothing about you saying it's my fault because you chose to stay and now you're choosing to continue to stay. So at that point, it is you. And it is you creating that environment to where they feel like they can just it's acceptable yeah. and she's going to continue to take me back. So at one point, you got to be a woman and say, I'm letting go of this man because oh, yeah. I am creating an environment where he can continue to cheat on me. Mm-hmm. So like I think initially, it's like, no, you tripping. Mm-mm. Yeah, it's I never my fault you. when you go do something else. But yeah. if I allow you to continue, continue to do, to do it, that's yeah, when it I, becomes yeah. you yeah. creating. But it is still not your fault. You just, you are, uh, you're partially. You're allowing. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're literally when we go through 
things with men like we don't take responsibility for our side right a lot of times women were like he did this he kept doing that he kept doing that he had this it's like okay he did it that first time and then what you said okay keep doing it sir I'm going to just sit here and keep I'm doing it, sir. <laughs> keep doing it, man. It's making me mad, but I'm going to stay until eventually it's like, you want to go tell everybody it was all his fault. Mm-hmm. And no, it was you. Because you didn't love yourself enough to walk away. You didn't respect yourself enough to make him respect you. Yeah. And I'm speaking to myself, too. Don't, don't get me wrong. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself. <laughs> Those but, are the hardest freaking lessons to learn too. When you know you should have left and you decide to stay, then you see why you should have left, and you're like, "Why didn't I? I knew I told myself I knew I should have. I, I told I literally went through this whole process. I just spit everywhere. <laughs> I went through this whole process in my brain like this man's no good. He's horrible. He does this. He does that. And yet I still stayed. Mm-hmm. And now I look crazy, and now I feel crazy, and now he can make me feel crazy because. I stayed. Right. He's like, well, why are you getting mad now? I've been doing this. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think we just overstay our welcome. So yes. a lot of people ask me with my relationships, how do I maintain a friendship with my exes? Like, why are you still cool with them? How are you still cool with them? I think it's because when, besides this last one, all the ones before I left in a manner that was salvageable like i've never just went off on the deep end i've never talked about them after tried to blame them after at the end of the day i chose to go through it and i chose i have to deal with it and then move on and then understand that later down the line maybe we could be friends later down the line maybe we could be cool sometimes we stay so long in relationships that you have a sour taste yeah, that you have a sour taste instead of leaving and maybe we could be friends later or maybe we could be cool versus us hating each other because we chose to keep holding on. That's why they say sometimes love is letting go. Mm-hmm. Like, I love you enough to keep you in my life and to understand that this relationship is valuable. So I'm not going to keep going through this with you just for sex yeah. or just to say we're together versus caring about your overall mental health and your overall success as a person and understanding that just because somebody is a bad partner for you it does not make them a bad person person yeah like it does not make them bad at relationships they just don't like you because when i think about myself there's plenty of men who say that i ain't shit or who say that i'm whatever 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 because i just don't want them so my communication horrible no i don't text you back yeah i talk or yeah when you call me i'm quiet you feel like I don't I'm like the you. same person that I feel like people that I really, really mm-hmm. like. And they're not putting effort in. So we have to understand that we are that same demon in somebody else's story. Like, people probably like, Cece ain't shit. Some of these men. But well, you're just not into them. Yeah. Sorry, sir. And to look at that the reverse when you're feeling like, why did not text me? Why the, they're just not into you. They don't want to talk to they you. They just don't like you. Simple. We could be in a whole relationship, and if you ain't doing all those things that this other man is doing who ain't even with me, you just don't like me enough. <laughs> Simple. I think that's hard, the hardest thing to accept to is swallow. like, yeah, you just don't like me, and that's fine. There's a lot of people that do like me. You ain't got to. Right. It ain't like you. People busy, blah, blah. We make time for who we want to make time that for. That part. I could tell somebody I'm busy all day, and then I'll sit there and text the next person the whole day. So it's just about who we really want and what we willing to deal with from that person that mm-hmm. we want moving forward. How can we save this relationship, let this relationship go, whatever. We just got to let it let go. Let go. <laughs> let go. 
Alright y'all, that's been another episode of Double C and the Triple D. Thanks for tuning in.